This is the Relic Radio Show, old-time radio entertainment still standing the test of time from RelicRadio.com. With another hour of radio drama, this is the Relic Radio Show, which you can find every Tuesday at RelicRadio.com. Our first story this week comes from Theater 5. We'll hear their episode from March 9, 1965, titled Just for Kicks. After that, it's High Adventure, an abandoned ship. Their story from December 1st, 1979. Yeah, the fire's a dying spike, buddy. We gotta pour on some coal. Man, we're gonna live! What's the big kick, Jer? <laughs> Wait, you see it. First, we gotta get ourselves a pad, a motel where they don't ask questions. Then I'm gonna show you something. What's the matter with you guys? We're bored, cousin, bored. What do you expect to get out of this? Tonight, we are gonna be the stars of old Brad Drake's show, not you. He's going to get a phone call for once that'll really make him sit up and take notice. The Other Five presents Just for Kicks. Jerry, don't hog all the booze. What booze, Spike, old buddy? It's all gone? <laughs> Not a drop left. I only got one blast. You, <laughs> you're a minor, Junior. One drink is enough for you. I'm almost as old as you and Spike. Now, back off, 16-year-old. Give your elders some respect. And get out of the road, you'll get run over. We gotta get ourselves a new jug. Yeah, <laughs> with what? We're flat. Uh, you got any dough, Junior? Sixty cents. There's a bar up ahead. We could get three beers. Ah, not with a ball and chain here. You can't fake out that baby face. What are we going to do for excitement? Now we got to build our own, man. Like how? Oh, like, um... How about we hold up the bar, huh? <laughs> See? I got my persuader. Just like a TV western. A broken bottleneck. Hey, don't reach for that gun, mister. I'll grind this in your face. Just hand over the cash and there'll be no trouble. Oh, you, you're kidding, Jerry. And everybody's everybody's shaking in his shoes. They're crouching on the floor, uh, cowering behind tables. Spike has his switchblade out, ready to cut and slash. Hey, look out, squares. The South Gang is running wild tonight. Anybody make a move, I'll carve him. Hey, get it up, Mac. Hand over the dough and nobody gets hurt. Hey, come on, guys. Don't hack around. You're not really going to do it. <laughs> Relax, Junior. That was just a gag. Uh, gotta do something for laughs. <laughs> hey, we really had him going, huh, Spike? <laughs> yeah! We really had the kid going. <laughs> you guys really scare me when you clown around like that. Anything for kicks? Come on, let's cruise downtown. How are we gonna get there? Well, Junior's got bus fare. How do we get home again? Yeah, we hitch. Oh, wait a minute. Come on, maybe we got a hitch right here. Hey, bud, you going downtown? I'm trying to find radio station KWW. I was just going to ask my way in the bar there. Well, how about that? It's right on our way. 
Well, if you could uh, just tell me how to get there. How about this heap the boy is doing? Huh, Jay? Ain't it a beaut? Yeah, we're going to ride in style. Climb in the back, Junior. Hold it, hold it. What do you think you're doing? Oh, what's the matter, sport? You don't want our help? Look, me and my group are appearing on the Brad Drake radio show tonight. I'm late because I got lost driving into town. Now, all I need is directions hey, to the station. Hey, Jerry, you know who he is? It's Bo Chandler's. You know, the beast. Hey, we're moving in high society. Come here, Spike. I want you to get close to a real-life celebrity. Well, we got to show this visiting star some courtesy. Get in, Junior. All right, Jerry, what are you... Climb in and shut up. Oh. i tell you what I'm going to do, uh, Bo the Beast. I'm going to drive you to the station myself. Okay, peasant, that's it. Get the small fry out of the car and get out of my way. Show him the knife, Spike. Sure, boys. I always wanted to ride in a car with wire wheels. Are you guys nuts or what? Oh, we're just polite is all. Just trying to do you a favor. Okay, I'll, I'll give you a ride, but you, but you better let me drive. Oh, I wouldn't think of it, cousin. Spike, help the gentleman in. He can sit between us. Sure thing, Jer. Come on, guy, move. I'll go around. Hey, turn on the radio. Let's see what's playing. And it's Brad Drake here with Saturday Night Party. A barrel of laughs, phone calls from our friends, lots of jumping music, and our special guest tonight, live, not on record, that humming, strumming, far out five, the Beast. Hey, I thought you said you were both chance. I am. Well, how come you're in two places at once? I'm not. I told you I was late for the blood. Oh, hold it. But, of course, old Brad is going to have to ask you to be patient for a little while longer, Cookies, because the king of the beasts, that swinging Bo Chandless, hasn't joined the party yet. But we expect him to jet right in any moment, and then, my hearties, we'll turn the beasts loose on you to howl. <laughs> yes, sir. Look, if you hold me up any longer, you're heading for trouble. So what are we waiting for? Let's go. All right, now, all right. Just save the lung power for the big moment. While we're waiting, let's pick up a couple of phones and see who's calling in with what on his mind. King's horse is under my foot. Open her up, boy. That's right. And like I say, Mary, you know how old Brad feels about this whole thing. Now, being a teenager isn't a crime. It's a privilege. And if sometimes some of us ancient parties seem to forget that, well, now you just got to be patient with us, too. (laughs) You know, you get the same. Ah, you shut up, too, dopey Drake. Jerry, where are you going? You're not going downtown. Not while we're living. I got me a crazy notion. What, Jerry? Huh? What? Look, they're having a big time down there with their Saturday evening party, right? But we got the guest of honor right here. Why don't we build a blast of our own? On what? We got no doll. Oh, maybe old Bo here has. Maybe he'd like to throw a little wing ding. Look, if it's money you want, let's make a deal. Just take me to the station, I'll give you, say, 50 bucks. 50? You got that much? Yeah, sure. Look, just let me get my wallet. Uh, watch him, Spike. I got him. Hey, look out with that knife. He nearly cut me. Just hand our wallet to Junior. Yeah, sure, sure. Just uh, take it easy, huh? Hey, has he got all that dough, Junior? Yeah, there's two or three hundred here. But, Jerry, we can't steal it off him. Who's stealing? Oh, Bo is just going to build us a little bash. <laughs> and I got a swell idea for a real kicker. What are you turning for, Jerry? Ah, the fire's a dying spike, buddy. We got to pour on some coal. 
Gonna pick up a jug and stop by Doc Bright's pharmacal farm. Yellow Jack? Smorgasbord tonight. <laughs> Maybe some little O2s. How about those green heavens? Man, we're gonna live! What's the big kick, Jer? <laughs> Wait, you see it. First, we gotta get ourselves a pad, a motel where they don't ask questions. Then I'm gonna show you something. What's the matter with you guys? We're bored, cousin, bored. Well, what do you expect to get out of this? Tonight, we are gonna be the stars of old Brad Drake's show, not you. He's gonna get a phone call for once that'll really make him sit up and take notice. Register? Sure. What name? His, like you said. But I don't get it. That's the safest thing you could do. They'll think it's a gag. Hey, that's a hot one. Hey, you're way ahead of me. <laughs> you got the key? Natch. Did they ask you any questions? Nah, the guy just laughed. He got a kick out of it. <laughs> you know this motel. <laughs> you ought to. Let's get inside. I could start yelling. Oh, you want to try it? We're in a crazy mood. You wouldn't dare use that knife. Oh, you want to bet? Let's get inside, Jerry. Look, for the last time... Ah, shut up. Hey, kick that radio on, Spike. Sure. You know, little old Beast King, you're gonna thank me for this. I'm like, uh, like a press agent, sort of. I'm gonna get you some new headlines. Hey, close the door, Junior. What are you planning, Jer? Uh, you go get some ice and make us all a little drink. You'll see. And we're still waiting for the big feature of tonight. Bo Chandler's Wherever You Are, Come On Home. Yeah, take the night, Spike. I mean, make our guest at home. What are you going to do? I am going to rock Mr. Rock and Roll Brad Drake. Let's see how he rolls with this punch. I'm going to get the bloodhounds out after him. <laughs> Man, this is going to be the kick of all time. discussion, Sheila H., but I'm afraid I'm just going to have to cut out because they have just flashed me word I have a call from the missing Bo Chandless. Come on, Jerry, whatever your name is, what are you up to? Oh, <laughs> just you watch, big shot. I'm going to get you splashed all over the front pages. All right now, kiddies, come on, kids, let's just pipe down. We're keeping the big man waiting. Now, let's find out why he's been keeping us waiting. Hello, Brad Drake here. Hello, Brad. This is an old fan who wants to give you a rating a lift. Well, I can't knock that. Uh, what did you have in mind? Well, I've just been doing a little big game hunting, and guess what? Well, now, look, I don't know who you are, bud, but I was told I was going to get a message from Bo Chandless. Oh, cool off, word peddler, and I'll send you one. I just trapped your number one beast... But he's a whole new species, and I haven't figured out yet what he's worth. If this is some kind of gag, bud, it's in bad taste. Oh, it's no gag, Brad. You want that king beast back in one piece, you better talk to whoever keeps him on the leash and figure out what he's worth. You'll be hearing from me. Hey, fella, wait. Hold it. Now, I, uh, I, I just want all of you to understand, I don't know anything about this. If this is some kid's idea of a joke, why then I... Hey! Hey, don't cut him off! <laughs> Knock on the lamp! <laughs> we'll get back to him. This is only the beginning. <laughs> hey, man! You sure had him going. It's <laughs> the first time I ever heard Brad Drake go flaky. <laughs> oh, boy. You ain't heard nothing yet. Here. 
Ah, let's all have another drink. Yeah. Yeah, don't forget our guest. He looks a little pale, pale, pale. <laughs> you guys, this is not very funny, and I'm calling your bluff right now. Hey, Spike, you stay where you are. If you make a move with that knife, and I start yelling bloody murder. Oh, no, you don't. Hey, come on, get him to the chair. Come on, right, buddy. Move. Hey, Junior, pull a cord off the Venetian blind. We got to tie him up. Oh, oh yeah, sure, Junior. Hey, hey, let him breathe. He, he looks like he's going to choke. I'll let him breathe if he promises to... Clam up. Oh, here, here, here's the cord, Jerry. Jerry, Jerry, the guy can't breathe. Watch it, he's passing out. Ah, come on, get him in the chair. Jerry, he, he isn't... Nah, nah, he's all right. He's just faking. Come on, give me that cord. What you gonna do? I'm gonna tie him up. Oh, we ought to let him go, Jerry. Not yet. No guy's gonna calm me down. Now, get him a shot of booze, Spike. Bring right. him, bring him too. I'm gonna show this big shot what small potatoes he really is. Here's the booze. All right, give me it. Yeah, now... Hold his head back and get your handkerchief ready. If he tries to make a sound, shove it in his mouth. Here you go, big boy. Drink. <coughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sure glad he's all right. Yeah, you better have a shot, too, Junior. You look green. I, I, I don't feel like... Come on, drink it. Oh, yeah, sure. A real good one, huh? <laughs> what do you want me to do, choke too? <laughs> we just wanted to give you some Dutch courage. Hey, hit me with that too. Huh? <laughs> right after me. There you go. Yeah. Come on now, while we're at it, let's get this party really rolling. Here you go. Goofballs on the house. Take your pick. Hey, twosies for me. I'm with you. That leaves green heavens or yellow jacks for you, kid. What'll it be? Uh, um, hey, yellow jacks are my meat. And <laughs> <laughs> now you're making a scene, man. <laughs> now this party is beginning to get off the ground. Hey, man, this is living. Yeah, living. Cloud nine, here we come. Oh, just wait till those twosies take hold. Then the last begin. <laughs> Isn't that right, old boat of beef? Look, I don't care what you guys do. Let me go. I won't say a word. I'll, I'll even write you a check for any amount you say. Oh, hey, now listen to the big tycoon. Uh, what would you say you're worth, boy? Five hundred? Thousand? Oh, is that all for a big recording star like you? Hey, hey, Spike. Huh? I think he ought to be worth more, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he ought to be worth more than that. Yeah, so when do we find out? And hand me the phone, Junior. You gonna call Brad Drake again? Yeah. <laughs> Boy, this is gonna be a real blast. This time I am really gonna shake him up. Go ahead, turn on that radio, Spike. This time around, the feathers really hit the fan. <laughs> That's right, a hundred thousand in small bills before midnight tonight. Look, whoever you are, if this is some kind of hoax, you're going this to... This is for real, pal, no gag. How do we know you really have, Bo? Uh, hold it. Listen, Bo, I'm going to put you on. Now, you tell him we're not hacking around. Spike, if he tries to say any more than that, just shove the handkerchief in his mouth. All right, Bo. This is Bo Chandless, Mr. Drake. They got me. They're holding me. It's like... Bo, 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 are you all right? He's all right so far, Brad, so far. And do we get the dough? We'll get it somehow, but 
Don't do anything. Listen, you just tell his manager to get it and wait at the hotel. He'll get a call how to pay off. Oh, oh, boy. Is that the most? He's really shook up. A hundred thousand bucks. How's that for kicks, buddy boy? Didn't I say this would be the kick of all time? Hold it, Jerry. Listen to what he's saying. Just this. I want to say in the name of decency and reason that I am appealing to the men who are holding Bo Chandless. Their instructions will be followed but I am asking them to consider that the crime they are committing is punishable by death. This is kidnapping, a federal offense. And when they are caught, as they will be eventually, the most they can hope for is life imprisonment and probably the electric chair. He said the electric now, chair. Any turn it off, Junior. Oh, I said turn it off. A million he, he, he said this was just a gag. That's right. That's all it is. Kind of risk uh, you heard I the man. He asked if it was a hoax. It is... Well, that's all it is. Oh, they'll never believe us. Yeah, but they'll believe Bo. Just as soon as I give him the instructions, he is going to make a call. Yeah? Yeah, saying what? Like I said before, it was all a little publicity gag that he dreamed up himself. But he'll tell about us. Well, so what? My folks are away. We're all going to be back at my house watching TV. We've been together all evening. We never left. <laughs> it's three against one. What can he prove? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you figured out from the beginning, Chair? Yeah, sure I did. Well, you think I'm not smart enough to figure all the angles? <laughs> hey, come on. Come on, let's all have another little drink and wind up the party. Boy, you're smart. You know it, Chair? I'll, uh, I'll get some ice. Hey, uh... <clears throat> hey, Chair. I want to talk to you. Outside. Hey, we can't leave Bo here with the kid. Oh, he's tied up and gagged. Come on, I gotta talk to you. Okay, okay. Hey, Junior, me and Spike will be right back. Where are you going? Oh, we're going to get the other jug out of the car. Hey, now, look, don't... Relax, you... relax, kid. We'll be right back. Bo? Bo? <coughs> you all right? I'll get Jerry. Maybe he'll take the gag off. <coughs> hey, don't, don't choke. <coughs> oh, well, here. <coughs> Thanks. You, um, you want some water? No, no. I'll have to put this back in before Jerry comes back. Now, kid, listen. Don't believe anything he says. You're not out of this. Oh, sure we are. I heard what he said, but it's not going to work out the way he said. You registered in his name, didn't you? The guy thought it was a gag, didn't he? Sure, but the desk clerk saw me. He could identify me. That blows the whole alibi. Yeah, but... Uh, listen, what else can we do? Go through with it. Get the money and cut out. Spike, we can't do that. A hundred thousand. We, we could live it up on that anywhere. Mexico, South America. Listen, how could we get the dough? You're, you're smart. You see movies and all. You can figure a way, Jack. No. No, this is all just a gag. A gag? Well, I ain't going to jail for no gag. Junior would never hold up anyway. He'd blow the whole thing. I tell you, our only chance now is... Hey, that, that, that's the cops. Let's get out of here. Spike, what are you going to do? The car! No! No, Spike, it's too late! You're not going to catch me! No! Hold it! Hold it, I said! Spike! Spike! All right, Max, stay right there. Your pal here is dead. Dead? Spike? Spike! 
told you guys were dangerous. You're just a kid. Hey, hey, we were only having a blast. Oh, it's all my fault. I should have known better. Hey, hey, it was just for kicks. Yeah, it's a kick, all right. How did you find us? Chandless's agent gave Bud Drake the license number of Bo's car. Drake's been broadcasting it. The motel guy heard it and checked your license number. Just for kicks. Uh, I thought I was smart, but... Uh, how dumb can you get? How dumb can you be? Presented Just for Kicks, written by Ian Martin, produced and directed by Ted Bell. In the cast, Ron Liss, Larry Robinson, Peter Fernandez, Elliot Reed, and Jack Grimes. Audio engineers, Neil Pulse and Marty Folia. Sound technician, Ed Blaney. Script editor, Jack C. Wilson. Original music by Alexander Vlastotsenko. Orchestra under the direction of Glenn Osser. Executive producer for Theater 5, Mr. Lee Bowman. We invite your comments. Write to Theater 5, New York 23, New York. That's Theater 5, New York 23, New York. This is Fred Foy speaking. This has been an ABC Radio Network production. Tonight's story by Ron Evans is entitled Abandoned Ship. dark night in mid-June. The British cargo ship Morning Star was limping slowly across the Atlantic at five knots, plagued by engine troubles. She was coming from Cape Town and bound for New York. Because she had been unable to maintain the strict convoy speed, 
the other ships and their Navy escort had been compelled to leave her behind to struggle on alone. Even as she dropped back, her radio officer received a signal that a wolf pack of U-boats was in the vicinity to attack the convoy. A mile off her port bow, a periscope rose and cut a tiny white wake in the calm water. Stand by, torpedoes one and two. One and two, ready, sir. Five degrees to port. Steady now. Ready, Schultz? Ready, sir. Fire one. Fire one. Fire two. Fire two. Now we shall wait and see if we have made our first kill this morning. Third mate, phone the chase down below and see if he's making any headway. What a sitting duck crawling along like this. Torpedo in a bull bar, sir. Helmsman, hard to starboard. Never mind the phone call. Sound the alarm. What is it, Captain? Torpedo, just passed across our bow. Too damn close for my liking. Torpedo heading amidships to port, sir. It's gonna hit. Look, there it is. Now we can't avoid it. Hold tight. It's a hit. The second torpedo got a right amidships. Ah, first clear. We can go and attack the main convoy now, sir. Not yet, Schultz. It is better if there are no survivors. But, sir, Admiral Dunitz's orders are that... I don't care about his orders, Schultz. My wife and children were killed by their bombers over Essen. So why should I spare the lives of those Englishmen? Water is coming in too fast. As you can see, we're listening heavily already. All right, Mr. Hewitt, order all hands to abandon ship. With this list, they can only use the two boats on the port side. Right on, Captain. We'll have to be fast before they send us another tin fish. In less than five minutes, the well-drilled crew had succeeded in abandoning the doomed ship. Fire had broken out, and the flames lit the night sky with an eerie red glow. Twenty-one men. Three hurt, Captain. Not too bad. We'll contact the other boat when we're well away from the ship. Now keep pulling. We don't want to be too close when she goes down and the boilers blow. Right, sir. Well, lucky the weather's good. In that respect, yes, Mr. Hewitt. But as you're aware, we're 800 miles from the nearest land. That means we could spend the next few weeks in this darn boat. Ah, we could be lucky. One of the escort vessels come back to look for us. Well, don't pin any hope on that. If the wolf pack goes after the convoy, those escort ships are going to have their work cut out and won't have time to worry about survivors. She's going down, sir. You see that? Her bow's lifting right up in the air. Yeah, I've seen it all before. This is the third time I've been torpedoed now. There she goes! Once proud morning star slid beneath the waves, her boilers bursting in her last dying gasp of defiance. As though it were the end of some show, the moon slipped out from behind some clouds and lighted the scene with silver. In the distance, Captain Shaw saw the other lifeboat. 
Call them over, Mr. Hewitt. We'd better make some concerted plan. What's that over there? It's a U-boat surfacing. Here, help me off with my uniform jacket. Why? Won't you get cold? I told you I've been through this before. The U-boats often pick up ship's captains so they can pump them for information. So I don't want to be identified. Do you understand? I'll say the captain went down with the ship. Do you hear that, lads? Aye, aye, aye. aye. The men in the boats watched the distant figures on the submarine's conning tower. Then came the shock. Everybody lie low! Down! Keep down, rolling! I ain't gonna let them! If those swines keep this up, they'll sink the boat! They'll give up shooting when they see no movement. I just hope they don't send one of their own boats off to check. Cease fire! How do you see any sign of life over there, Stoltz? Uh, nothing, sir. They could never have survived punishment like that. Uh, punishment it was, Stoltz. Very good. Prepare to dive. U-boat slowly sank below the surface and headed north towards the convoy. The handful of uninjured survivors looked out across the now empty moonlit sea. Check the casualties, Mr. Hewitt. I have already. Eleven dead, five badly wounded, and two with minor injuries. Yeah, that's bad. I wonder how they fared in the other boat. Not as badly as us, Captain. Seems they're rowing over towards here. Slowly, but making headway. See what you can do for the wounded men. The cook and boatswain are managing well, sir. Both at first aid training. What shall we do with the dead, though? It'll be daylight soon. I'll say a few words over them before we put them over the side. Meanwhile, collect together their few possessions. Ahoy there! Are you all right, Captain Shaw? Aye, but our casualties are heavy. Come in alongside us. Where's the chief officer? He was killed, Captain. This is Riley, the second engineer. How many fit men? Eight, sir. Just enough to man one lifeboat, Captain. Yes. I think we'll have to abandon one of them. We'll see which one is the least damaged. Watson and Tully, make faster! Oh, oh what a good mess, Captain. Where do we go from here? I don't know yet, Mr. Riley. We'll have to wait till first light. Well, the document brought a hurricane lamp with him, and I've got some... No lights. We don't want to attract unwelcome attention. If that U-boat's still hovering around, he may just decide to use us for target practice again. If you can manage to see in this poor light, take a check of what stories you have in your boat. The second mate will check ours. Oh, yes, and make a list of your dead. Collect their possessions together. Before the sun rose on the eastern horizon, several of the more badly injured men died. As soon as it grew light, Captain Shaw read a short burial service and the bodies were consigned to the sea. The second engineer's lifeboat proved to be the least seaworthy, and after the stores had been transferred, it was abandoned. A bright red sail was hoisted and the boat made slight headway in a barely perceptible breeze. The captain had decided on an eastern coast towards the Gulf of Guinea, some 700 miles away. It was early in the afternoon, when suddenly... Look! 
A periscope over there, Captain. That hell with caution wave. It might just be one of ours. And if it isn't, have a little faith, Mr. Hewitt. Maybe we're too far off. If we can see them, they can see us. You can be sure of that. Look, it's shining across our bow. What a pity they don't fly flags on periscopes and we'd know what it is. The suspense is painful. They've seen us all right. You see, it's turning round towards our starboard side, giving us a good look over. It's coming up! You're right, Harris. She's going to surface. But remember, if it's a U-boat, the captain was killed. I'm in no mood to be interrogated by some Nazi. There's the conning tower coming up now. Then we'll know the answer. Well, this is a dairy, boys. Not with a conning tower like that. Could it be a yank? Possibly, but I've got my doubt. And it certainly isn't Royal Navy either. Three French, maybe. No, they're using British stuff. It's quite a mystery, unless... Yes, it could be an eye tie. What would an Italian sub be doing around here? Following their Nazi masters to certain destruction as usual, I suppose. But why surface if she's Italian? There'd be no point. There's very little point in anything the eye ties have done so far in this war. Look, they're coming out onto the conning tower. Identify yourself. Who are you? Who are you? You're right, Captain. That's an Italian accent. Should I reply? Well, it won't do any harm, I suppose. Survivors of the British merchant ship Morning Star, don't last night by you both. Is your captain there? Uh, no, he was killed, went down with the ship. Bring your boat alongside. I want to talk to your senior officer. <laughs> survivors had little choice but to comply. The sail was lowered, and they pulled in to the side of the Italian submarine. The Italian commander, a short fat man with a large bushy moustache, watched the operation through a pair of binoculars. When the lifeboat bumped alongside, he leaned out over the conning tower rail. Who is your senior officer? You with the three gold bands on your sleeve. What are you? I'm the second engineer. Have you no navigating officer on board? Well, uh, yeah, I'm the second mate. You, the older man in the stern. You mean me? Yes, I mean you. I think you are the captain. Ah, oh, you're mistaken. I'm the, uh, the most. <laughs> Wearing a tie, senor? I don't think so. Please uh, tell me the truth. I wish it to help you. Help us? I can't believe that. Why should you? You're your enemy. Enemies, perhaps, senor, but not the Germans. Tell me, are you the captain? Yes, I am. But you're wasting your time if you think I'm going to answer any of your damn fool questions. Oh, please, come on board. I would like to talk to you. And I see you have some injured men, huh? My doctor will go down and attend to them while you're on the board. Reluctantly, Captain Shaw went on board. Two Italian sailors came down from the conning tower to help him. At the same time, a young Italian marine doctor and his assistant went into the lifeboat. Captain Bazzoli invited Captain Shaw down into the submarine's interior. Ah, please uh, sit down, Captain. Uh, Captain uh, Shaw. Harold Shaw. <laughs> I am the Captain Bazzoli. Can I offer you a glass of vermouth, perhaps? No, nothing. Well, what were you were trying to say? Nigeria? We were hoping to make Lagos. Mm. 
Nearly 750 miles. Very poor winds this time of the year. It will take a long time. You have a plenty of supplies? Enough, I think. The usual lifeboat stock doubled. We abandoned one of our boats. Ah, it is a bad war for us all, I'm afraid, Captain Shaw. You know, I have a brother and two uncles in London. In America, or many other relatives. It is a sad when I think about it. My officers and crew are the same. We wonder why we must fight the people we always knew as a friend. But you fight just the same. Oh, no, we do not fight. We cruise around, fire one or two torpedoes at imaginary targets, and then when our duty time is up, we return back to our home base. You're joking, aren't you? <laughs> why should I joke, Captain? None of us on the boat here want to be involved if we can avoid it. Far better we enjoy our cruise and then go home safely. We stay far out at sea, away from the shipping lanes, and play cards. And then at night we surface and recharge our batteries. You're in the Capitan. Oh, excuse me for a moment. Well, what is it, the Gaddi? Uh, Captain Shaw. That was the man who is assisting the doctor. He tells me that many of your men have a bullet wound. Yes, the U-boat machine gunned us after my ship went down. Killed 22 men. Oh, it makes me feel sick inside the Captain. I don't know what to say. But I do know the U-boat commanders are all desperate and doomed men. I've heard they are losing nine U-boats out of every ten. That is another reason we would like to steer clear of the action zone. The reason why we are here is that we are instructed to intercept and attack Convoy XJ-410, which I assume you are a part of. Hmm? However, we decided to develop some imaginary engine trouble and so it dropped behind. Uh, please, Captain, will you accept a glass of vermouth from me now? Well, uh, well, thanks. I will. I don't think I've tried vermouth before. Not a wine man myself. Ah, sweet or a dry? Uh, wet, preferably. <laughs> uh, yeah, I will give you sweet. Hmm? I know the English like a sweet thing. Oh, yes. I hope you don't object, Capitan. But I've instructed my men to bring aboard your badly wounded. We can better look after them here. Well, that means they'll be prisoners. So better that than for the poor men to die in a lifeboat. True. Yes, yes, I suppose so. Oh, I wish there was something I could do to make up for that machine gunning incident. You can't bring back the dead. No, but I can help save the living from the dead. Ah, it is crazy, but I think I know what to do. Uh, please, uh, wait a Captain. I want to discuss it with my officers and the crew. Uh, Luigi, Romano. Captain Shaw sipped at his drink, wondering what on earth the strange little Italian had in mind. He could hear the raised and excitable voices, but was unable to decipher a single word. Then, his face beaming, Captain Bazzoli returned. Ah, we have come to a decision, Captain. In view of what the Germans did, we would like to give you our maximum assistance, if you will accept it. If you're thinking of bringing us all on board as prisoners, the answer is no. No, Captain. Our plan is not that. My men have agreed that we shall tow your lifeboat as close to the West African coast as is possible. What? Tow us? Are you serious? Oh, we can do ten knots, which means that in three days you will be fairly close to Lagos. Then we shall all have a farewell drink and go our separate way. Uh, 
I don't know what to say. It all seems mad. Besides, you'll be taking a risk of meeting up with the British Coastal Patrol. What then? Oh, then you must cut to the tow rope quickly while we crash that. They'll death charge you. Not if we remain under your lifeboat. <laughs> Don't be too sure of that. My men have decided to take the risk. And they know the danger. Will you accept our offer, Captain Shaw? With, with pleasure, Captain Bazzoli. And thank you. Within half an hour, the wounded men had been transferred to the Italian submarine, and Captain Shaw returned to his lifeboat. He explained what had transpired to his astonished crew, and within minutes, the towing operation started. At mealtimes, food was passed to the lifeboat, along with several bottles of wine. For three days, the bizarre arrangement worked without a hitch, until they were 50 miles off the coast. Captain Shaw had gone on board the submarine to get an exact position, leaving the second mate, Sam Hewitt, in charge. Well, Sam, with luck, we'll be on terra firma tomorrow. What do you reckon? Just hoping you're right, Sean. Hey, hey, look over there. It's a plane, and it's heading this way. You're right. And the old man's on board the ice I saw. It's a coastal patrol, Catalina. Look, the ice eyes have seen it, too. She's going to crash dive. Release the tow rope. Wave to the plane, boys. Wave. It's circling back. Charlie X, Charlie X, calling control. Can you read me? Control reading you loud and clear. Over. I have spotted Italian sub. It, it was towing a lifeboat, I think. Over. So what? Go on in and kill it. Over. Oh, she's submerging, but but I can see her clearly. If, if I go in for a kill, the lifeboat will get it too. Over. Don't let that stop you. Over. But they look like ours in the lifeboat. I, I, I can see them waving. I, about, uh, 80 men, I reckon. Over. Ignore them and go in for the sub, Charlie X. Over. You can't ask me to do that. The sub's moving astern right under the lifeboat. Over. I'm not asking you. I'm ordering you. Get that sub. Over. Order received. We'll obey. Over and out. Frank, did you hear all that? Yeah. Well, what do you say we drop a few charges, you know, like well off target, eh? That's the fifth time he's blown over us. Don't worry, just keep waving. Well, will you look at that? He's dropping depth charges way over there. After the ice eyes. Must be blind then. They're right underneath us. The plane's gone, you see? It was a very slip. He dropped a few depth charges about two miles away. He must have known he was there. Well, I'll have to rejoin my men. No doubt the lifeboat's position has been reported and a patrol launch will be sent out to collect us. Uh, we will surface, but first I want to tell you the news. I was going to tell you just as the alarm sounded. What kind of news? News that had made my men very sad. Early this morning, American and British troops landed in Italy. They did? But that's wonderful news. Your men should be happy. Oh, they are happy about the landing. But they worry for their family. Most of us are from southern Italy. Our base is at Taranto. We cannot go back. It is a very big problem we have, Captain Joe. Well, maybe Italy will surrender. Then it'll be all over for us. Even then, Captain, it will not be easy for us to get rid of the Germans. They will cling and fight. 
course not, sir. Why do we? When do you have to return? Two, three weeks. By then, Toronto will be in Allied hands. We will have to sail in and rent ourselves. Well, what's wrong with that? The voyage through the Mediterranean. It will be very dangerous. Allied ships and the planes will be everywhere. My crew and I were talking earlier. We thought of a solution. But, uh, Captain Shaw, it requires your assistance. Will you do us all a favor, Captain Shaw? Well, uh, well, uh, I do all your favor. What is it? Well, uh, Captain Shaw, it is this. If we surrender to you, will you take us into Lagos with you as prisoners? We'd consider it a great favor. Captain Shaw blinked in amazement at the Italian, hardly able to believe his ears. Did I hear you rightly? You want to surrender your crew and this submarine to me? That is right. Everything is at your disposal, Captain Shaw. None of us wish to die in the Mediterranean, so close to home. The risks are too great. <laughs> well, what do you know? I'll... Uh... I'll have to use your shortwave radio and call up the Navy there. Ah, see, but by heavens, I'm going to have the hardest job of my life in making them believe this. Oh, gross. And uh, can I afford you a glass of vermouth while you're talking to them? And that is how it happened that late one afternoon, a motley, tattered group of survivors sailed gaily into Lagos Harbor in command of an Italian submarine, waving bottles of wine and singing along with their prisoners, some very bawdy sea shanties. Adventure is produced by Henry Duffenthal. it for this episode of the relic radio show i hope you enjoyed it you can find more from high adventure theater 5 past episodes of this show and all the others at relicradio.com. thousands of old-time radio shows to listen to there and even more with our shoutcast stream and don't forget while you're poking around the website click on that donate button if you're able to help out your support makes all of this possible 
My thanks, as always, to those who have helped out. Thanks for joining me today. I'll be back next Tuesday with an episode from the Sears Radio Theater and one from Somebody Knows on our next episode of the Relic Radio Show. And I'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Case Closed. Find it all at relicradio.com. I'll talk to you then.